BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Oh, hey, before we start the show, I got to tell you about the Allegedly podcast with my lawyers, Bo Bowen and Ryan Schmidt. They got pop culture, they got legal news, they got behind-the-scenes antics, and a whole lot of laughs. One of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Allegedly with Bo and Ryan at thebowenlawgroup.com. Link in the description and everywhere you get your podcasts, of course. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Merry Christmas, groovy listeners. This is Smokey Robinson. Have a super happy Christmas and a most successful coming year. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, December 13, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, groovy listeners. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 693 of the Biden-Harris administration, 693 days into the 24 presidential election. Find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, and our Patreon is bobseskashow.com. My link tree is in the description. Plus, you can follow Buzz Burbank on Twitter for now. At Michael J. Elston, link in the description as usual. And oh, look, he's sitting right over there. Merry Christmas. There he is. Merry Christmas. Where the hell's oh. Buzz? Where? Well, well, Buzz will be along in a moment. <laughs> but but I, I like to stop by every year and Santa. make sure you're ready for Christmas. Yay. Bob. All right. Santa Claus is here. Annual visit. Now, Welcome. I, un- I understand. Uh, Buzz will be doing his annual reading of the night before Christmas, which is my story, you know. <laughs> yes, so true. we all look forward to that. <laughs> and, and I'm here to remind the children that it's only 12 more days and 11 more nights until the elves and I load up the sleigh with all the toys for all the boys and girls and go zooming around the big wide world. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, Santa, before you leave, I oh, have uh, yes, one request. This is what I'm asking Santa for Christmas this year. What, what would you like this year, Bob? I want you to nationalize Twitter. Can you make that happen? Can you have the federal well, government take over Twitter just to... <laughs> You know, as always, uh, Santa will do everything he can, and your parents will do everything they can to give you a wonderful Christmas. We can't always have everything we want, but I hope you'll have a very Merry Christmas. So you're already setting me up for disappointment. Okay, fine. Be that way. That's, fine, that's fine, my Santa. job. Right. All right, go. Merry Christmas. Okay, get out. Out you go. Bring in Buzz. Where's Buzz? Oh, hi, hi, Bob. Oh, there hi, he is. Hey, Buzz. Hi. Hi, yeah. Uh, it was, I just passed Santa on the way in. He was just here. It was amazing. Uh, uh, sorry I'm late. Uh, he, he's Bob. I'm Buzz. And they're trying to take us off the air because of our office romance. <laughs> Have you heard about this? Uh, ABC has taken two of its daytime news anchors off the air because they're dating each other huh. while married to other people. 
Bottom line, ABC replaced a soap opera with a news program that's turned into a soap opera. <laughs> I'm all about the pop culture, as you know. Uh, the annual the annual Miss America pageant is this Thursday night. Mm -hmm. uh, Carrie Lake's already declared herself the winner. Oh, 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 and, and we want to be sure and wish a Merry Christmas to uh, Kirsten Cinema, unless she's also changed religions. I'm independent. Yeah, there she is. <laughs> and Oh, and I, I have a few Christmas predictions this year. Yeah. Uh, Joe Manchin will get coal in his stocking, and he'll like it. Of course he will. He loves it, loves it, eats to, it. To, to save energy, the North Star will be replaced by an LED. Oh, nice. Good. All right. And and my final prediction, Kanye West will be visited by three spirits on Christmas Eve, and they'll be speaking Yiddish. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Bob. It's, it's hard to come up with jokes these days. Luckily, I found these in a storage unit in West Palm Beach. Here we go. Rocky Mountain Mike, last Tuesday of the year. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Trump in jail, Trump in jail, Trump in jail, rock. He's gonna swing and we're gonna sing. <laughs> Send him up river and we'll have some fun. Now his time in jail has begun. <laughs> Trump in jail, Trump in jail, Trump in jail, rock. Him doing time for all of his crimes. Dancing and prancing in Washington Square. He deserves the chair. Oh, man. Wow. For hard time, he'll do hard time. Yeah. Rocks, he'll crush all day. Trump in jail time, it's a swell time. And it'll happen when Bob goes on vacation. <laughs> Pick up the pace Perfect. He's running out the clock yeah. There's not a reason now that he should be free That's the Trump and jail That's the Trump and jail That's the Trump and jail rock Yeah! Yeah! Rocky Mountain Mike Great Holy job, brand shit. new. I love nice. that. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So Merry I, Christmas, Mike. I wish I had mentioned that when Santa was still here. I put Twitter <laughs> too high on my list of priorities, and I should have. I, so. I should have yeah. prioritized Trump in jail. That would have been perfect. <laughs> it's, maybe, it's, maybe as a stocking stuffer this year, Santa. Just giving you a hint. It's so hard to pick a favorite justice. You know, which justice do I want more? You know, and it's it's hard these days because there are so many to choose from. Well, here's how I know I'm ready for a vacation. Okay. <clears throat> how do you know? I start tweeting stupid shit. I you just, get loopy. Yeah, I get a little loopy. I get a little uh -huh. frazzled. And so uh -huh. consequently, I blurt things that maybe I should research first before I blurt. <laughs> Fortunately, uh -huh. this thing that happened on Sunday... Uh, wasn't too consequential. I think it's okay. I think I can get away with this one. As okay, you know, good. Marjorie Taylor Greene was speaking at a convention yes. of young Republicans. Uh -huh. <laughs> so we're talking yes. about basically high school kids, younger. Remember when that was our that was our old gig? Remember when we yeah, did that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. These well, are she's in charge now. Otherwise known as Hitler Youth, and yes. no. as she was speaking to these, you know, high school kids. She was talking about how uh, Target and CVS stores now sell dildos and butt plugs. Mm -hmm. 
Her exact words. <laughs> At Target and CVS, they sell dildos and butt plugs. And of course, when I saw the video, which was going around all over Twitter all weekend long, my first reaction was that she was lying. I assumed oh. because Marjorie Taylor Greene always lies that this well, was just sure, but another you've never lie. Been yeah. to, you've never been to that part of the drugstore before? I haven't been in a store with, since with the 2019. Jelly and the, you know. <laughs> well, I've seen that. I know that mm -hmm. they sell that stuff. Right. But yeah. I had no idea they well, were selling vibrators you, and butt you, plugs. You may have been fooled because they're usually labeled something like neck massager. That's true. Personal <laughs> massager is the, one yes, of the preferred. That's a big one, yeah. Nomenclature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, plus, as I said, I haven't been in a department store since 2019. Yeah, so, I understand. I, you know, I have. I, I've been in a couple, but I haven't right. explored around. And maybe I should, because there's a really fun aisle, apparently, mm -hmm. uh, back where they do, where they sell the condoms and the lube and all the rest of it. Right. But I assume that this was a lie, mainly because, well, that's what the Republicans all deal in right now. Just made up mm -hmm. shit. And right. So, think. think Think of the public discourse as Hunter Biden's laptop. There's some real stuff in there, <laughs> yeah. and and then there and then there are a lot of lies. And and this is, I mean, that's their job. And it it's disconcerting because every once in a while, as in this case, they'll say something that's true and accurate. And yeah, we're ju we're just not prepared to handle that. So I basically said I quote tweeted one of the videos yes. and I said, oh yeah, this isn't true. They're not selling butt plugs and dildos <laughs> at CVS and Target stores. <laughs> Turns out I was wrong. I should have done this before I tweeted. I should have gone to the Target website and typed in adult toys mm -hmm. because I would have discovered that, yes, they do, in fact, sell adult toys. Now, to be clear, mm -hmm. when you think dildos and you think butt plugs, mm -hmm. you think porn store, adult shop, things like right. that, where they sell, right. like, anatomically correct mm -hmm. veiny it. penises, right? <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, all varieties of things uh, along those lines, right? right? Right. That's not necessarily what they're selling at Target. No, no, they're not carrying Doc Johnson products. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's, this ain't the pleasure chest. This is this is the real deal. This is the grocery, yeah, drug stores, grocery stores, department stores. Yeah. And and they do carry some of these products, but but from. Uh, more respectable companies, I guess. Yeah, exactly. They look more like the stuff that you would find at Sharper Image. You know where they used to sell Donald Trump's steaks? Right. It looks like that kind of stuff. It looks like if you're 12 years old, you won't recognize what these items are. I don't think kids I, will know specifically what these things are. <laughs> well, Buzz will know. <laughs> that's for sure. But regular kids, I don't think are going to notice this. And I think that's what they're concerned about. They're just concerned. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene and the Republicans are right. concerned about that. It turns out this is something that Tucker Carlson's been talking about on his show for some time now. So it wasn't uh -huh. even original to Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's just watching Tucker and repeating what she saw on Tucker. <laughs> But you're so used to the lying, you 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 fought back, and, yeah. and then you were embarrassed because right. you're, it's the time of year where you get loopy and need a break. Exactly. So I had to delete the tweet, embarrassingly enough, and then I, right. what I do, because, you know, I have integrity, is I posted a subsequent tweet that said, okay, this is awkward. I deleted my Marjorie Taylor Greene tweet because I looked it up, and yes, Target yeah. does, in fact, sell adult toys. But no, it's not the end of civilization as we know it. Anyone can buy these items online. And, by the way, Marjorie Taylor Greene is still a shrieking eel. 
uh, a reference to Princess Bride. But that is what I had to tweet. And so I'm thinking that was like my last thing that I tweeted on Sunday. It's just a bad way to end the day <laughs> to indeed, tweet, indeed. have to tweet yeah. a retraction about dildos uh, and butt plugs. On, on a subject like that, I, I will share an embarrassing moment uh, when I played Santa Claus uh, on the phone for some kids last week. I'll share an embarrassing moment in today's shadow docket. <laughs> Uh, about that because I've tried to come up with something embarrassing in the past and I didn't have anything. Uh, today I have something. Oh, and, good. And, and then the, the other thing is uh, sort of relative to, I'm having a burnout myself. And yeah. it's it maybe a slightly different kind. It's a little bit more on, oh, say, humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's bigger than, than just, I'll give you an example. As a news guy, I, I love to post breaking news. I like to be one of the first to inform my fellow progressives of a development that I know that they are keenly interested in. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm all about that. I, I enjoy that very much. And that's kind of one of the main reasons I'm on social media. Mm-hmm. In fact, that, that is the, the main reason. Uh, and, and I posted something about uh, uh, CNN reports, blah, blah, blah. And uh, some woman came at me and said, uh, you know, you shouldn't even be, you know, it, it, you've already uh, discredited the story by citing CNN. Well, I understand her anger towards CNN, but let's not throw the baby out with the network. Uh, I, I yeah. think uh, this this was a real story, and it was later confirmed by other news outlets, and, and so I don't think there was anything irresponsible about that. I, I posted a picture, a, a video, and I think you clicked like on this. It was a puppy and a duck, a baby duck and a puppy. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Recall? yeah. Yeah, and people <laughs> loved it overall. Uh, one lady shamed me for falling for the tricks of people who produce viral videos and that if I looked, I could plainly see someone's hand moving the puppy's paw to pet the duck. And I, I saw no such thing. In fact, I went over the video multiple times and I, and I believe that what I was seeing was genuine. Um, edited for sure, absolutely. That's how you make a good video. But, yeah. but, but real nevertheless. And so there's this cynicism about why can't we, why can't we, why can't we just enjoy a moment with a puppy and a baby duck? Yeah, no and shit. Somebody, somebody has to come crap all over it. Yeah. Why? What is wrong with people? And and so I'm seeing this cynicism out there. Mm-hmm. And, and these are just examples of that. But then I was playing Santa Claus on the phone for some kids, Head Start kids. Their parents set it up in advance, and they tell us stuff about the kids, and so we know things about the children when we talk to them. And it's a it's a wonderful experience. Uh, I, I I got one. And a young girl, a girl came on, and uh, I could tell by her tone of voice she was angry at Santa. And she said, you didn't eat the cookies I left out for you last year, and you didn't answer my note. <laughs> was her name Karen? Was that the name I, of the child? I, well, yeah, it must have been, but uh, <laughs> or it should be. But, uh, you know, and, and so I rolled it, and I said, I, and it, you know, I thought it was a good comeback. I said, well, you know, Santa uh, is eating a lot of cookies. And I, I, I said, have you ever eaten too many cookies? And she said, no. <laughs> wow. You know? And so here's, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting into the Christmas spirit here. You know, I'm not a terribly religious person, but I hold this time of year pretty sacred yeah. because to me and through the Santa that I play, it's all about giving and sharing. Mm-hmm. And I'm surrounded by this cynicism from older people to children. Yeah, and yeah. and I see that this cynicism is infecting the children. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and that depresses and horrifies me and has me a little burned out. I'm almost at the point where I'm just about done with social media, except for my addiction to posting breaking news. So <laughs> I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, but that's, that's kind of where I am right now in yeah. terms of burnout. You know? I know exactly what you mean. It's, for me, it's not so much the cynicism, it's the disruption. And we're going to talk about yeah, the whole good. latest fuckery with Elon Musk, or as I've been referring to it as, Muskery. I don't know. Right. Musk fuckery? Muskery? I guess that works. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about that a little later on in the show because that's what's Good. driving me nuts. It's that we just got rid of Trump, more or less. Yeah. I mean, right. he could still come back ostensibly, but for all intents and purposes, Trump has been greatly diminished. Right. So in comes Elon Musk to make us feel completely off balance again. And quite honestly, we are already feeling off balance. The world is already destabilized. Hang- yes. Our sanity hanging by a thread. And here comes Elon Musk to fuck with our heads a little bit more. It's disruption. It's something I've been warning about for 10 years now. Uh, we saw it emerge in... I don't know, midway through the Obama administration, where there was an entire uh, movement generated by people like Glenn Greenwald and so on, who all they wanted to do was overturn the established process of things, overturn institutions, overturn the left-right paradigm in this country, overturn how we do politics in the United States. And we've seen that manifested in Donald Trump. We've seen that manifested in Elon Musk and continued instability that's being created by Fox News Channel and AM Talk Radio and all the rest of it. We're going to get into all of this here in a, in a little bit. But I, before, yeah. before we get to these these important texts that we need to discuss, and yes. before we get, get to the, the disruption uh, discussion, uh, let me just pass along to my fellow progressives, and, and I say this with uh, as loving advice, uh, skepticism, good Cynicism, bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's okay to be skeptical of things. It's not okay to be cynical. Yeah. Please be better than that. That that's thank you and good night. Yeah, th- yeah, and that's fine. And and I, you know what? I should take that advice too because I have been feeling pretty goddamn cynical. Oh, in I the past it. year, I, especially. I've always said I know where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't make it right. We have to take a deep breath and rise above that. Right. I think for me, it was COVID that started my cynicism, right. or not just COVID, the reaction to COVID by so the many people. Reaction. Yeah. Exactly, and not just the reaction from Republicans and Trump supporters, etc. Uh, it's just one of those things where it, it just threw me for a loop. It disillusioned me about right. where our fellow Americans are. And as, so, yeah. as, you, as you said at the time, you were expecting the kind of unity we saw in World War II. But we got the yeah. opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Jesus. So let's talk about uh, these Mark Meadows text messages, because I think in the midst of Elon Musk and dildos and butt plugs and all the other fun distractions that we see on story, (laughs) I say I say fun Fun! in the worst possible sense. But this story is kind of uh, not getting the same amount of traction that probably should get. Uh, It's way more important than Elon's Twitter files. (laughs) That's for sure. This is a much bigger story. So it's exclusive to Talking Points Memo. Josh Marshall's Talking Points Memo got got their hands on uh, these uh, text messages, thousands of them. I think more than 2,000 mm-hmm. text messages. That's th- correct. That Meadows had turned over to the January 6th committee. We've seen some of these before, and uh, certainly some were presented to us in the uh, public January 6th hearings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few of these uh, are new, but this is really about seeing how many there were well over 2,000 of them, yeah, uh, and and uh, some of them with, with frightening uh, 
content. So yes. uh, th this is significant. And now we're seeing that there were a lot of them. We're seeing all of them. And we're seeing this large, weighty group of texts. Uh, that's the news here is and now we have a gazillion of them and they're all bad. Yeah, amid all those text messages, 364 texts from Republicans. Meadows sent 95 to those Republicans. Uh, 34 Republican lawmakers working with Mark Meadows to overturn the 2020 election. That's the, right. the content of this. What we're talking about here is kind of like a text message brain trust, where all these members of Congress are firing off their ideas for how the election can be overturned. Mm -hmm. And Meadows is fielding some of them. Uh, the text log, according to Talking Points Memo, uh, shows what the scheme to reverse the election results looked like behind the scenes, revealing new details about which members of Congress helped spearhead the effort and the strategies deployed. The members who messaged Meadows about challenging the election included some of the highest profile figures on the right flank in Congress, such as Ted Cruz, Jim Jordan, Mo Brooks, all of whom are identified as playing leading roles in the effort to undo Trump's defeat. And so, they'll be running the Judiciary Committee uh, very soon. Yes, indeed. Jesus. Plus, they'll be in control of the House of Representatives when the 2024 right. election right. happens. Oh, happy day. So uh, this was a massive seditious conspiracy, as far as I'm concerned. These are members of Congress working with the White House chief of staff to figure out a way, any way, to overturn the election. They don't care if it's factual. They don't care if it's actually something that can be done. In most cases, in the case of Jim Jordan, for example, whatever Jim Jordan was babbling about in his text messages to Mark Meadows was absolute nonsense. And I, I noticed, too, that in Jim Jordan's text messages, he's writing as though he is one of the founding fathers himself. He's using right. sort of that colonial era language. language yeah. yeah, which is just so delusional and ridiculous. Obviously, one of the things that's been receiving a whole lot of conversation since these text messages dropped over the weekend is the Ralph Norman text message. Yeah. Ralph Norman is a Republican from North Carolina, a member of Congress. Uh, he, he wrote to Mark Meadows, quote, mm -hmm. Mark, in seeing what's happening so quickly and reading about the Dominion lawsuits attempting to stop any meaningful investigation, we are at a point of no return in saving our republic. Because as you know, Buzz, I'm just going to stop mm -hmm. right here real quick. Sure. Interject. As you know, here we are two years in. Republic is crumbling all around us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden is just tearing the whole goddamn thing down brick by brick, isn't he? No, no. absolutely not. He's Everything is fine. But it just shows you that these guys are willing to play this ridiculous game even in private where it's not even about trying to deceive or coerce voters and supporters and fanboys to go along with this shit. They actually, on some level, believe what they're saying because they're saying it privately. So he ends here by saying, our last hope, and last hope in all caps, is invoking martial law, and then in all caps, please urge president to do so, and of course, martial law, is spelled M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, -L, which is 100% uh -huh. incorrect. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. God, God damn it. So they yeah. want to declare martial law. Ralph Norman wants to declare martial law, and he doesn't even know how to spell martial law. See, that's rule number one. If you ever want to declare right. martial law, if you, if you become a tin pot dictator or a member uh -huh. of Congress who worships a tin pot dictator, 
If you're going to declare martial law, make sure you can spell it first. That's right. the you, number one rule. You're not qualified to <laughs> declare martial law if yeah. you can't spell it. You're not qualified to recommend martial law if you. And that, and that's what we have him recommending here. We have a, a Republican lawmaker recommending to the White House Chief of Staff that the President declare martial law. When is this? That takes place on January 17th. 17th. This is eleven days after uh, the January 6th attack on the Capitol, and just three days just three days before Joe Biden is to be sworn wow. in as president. That's the, the timeline when this occurred. And although we're talking about two different points in time, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene this past weekend uh, saying uh, that had she and Steve Bannon been running the insurrection, it would have A, succeeded, and B, it would have been armed. Yeah. And so we have a, a, a sitting member of Congress saying uh, it's, you know, the Jan 6 rioters should have been armed. We have a guy... Uh, three days before Biden's elect. And this is the party that will be controlling Congress. We're controlling the House of Representatives uh, for the next uh, several years. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this is this is scary. The A criminal mob, a, a seditious mob, has taken control of that part of that branch of government. I'm still amazed. And this is something that I maybe should try to get over. I should probably stop thinking <laughs> this luck. over and over and over again. But it still blows me away, Buzz, that these guys were going to the mattresses on this, declare, wanting to declare martial law, wanting to use every lever that they had at their disposal to overturn the 2020 election, which by all accounts was a fairly executed election. They wanted right. to do all of this in support of Donald Trump. Right. The cartoon character from The Celebrity Apprentice. That's the guy who they were willing to throw it all away for. I cannot get past that. That well, this was the imbecile that they were circling because, the wagons around. I mean, it's a, I can imagine if it was someone who had such immense gravity, was one of these, uh, you know, sort of conservative warriors who's worked his way up through uh, from city council all the way up to the presidency I, and lifted himself up by the bootstraps and got to where he was because of hard work and determination and conservative values. And this is the guy they want to make sure gets a second term. But it wasn't any of those things. It was this fucking idiot with his Barney Rubble hair and his misshapen suits I, and his yeah. ignorance and his racism. And that's the guy that they were willing to immolate the Constitution for. I can't well, get beyond I, that. Yeah. Well, I, maybe this will help. I hope okay, it helps. Please. Because I think we <laughs> need to see Donald Trump as a vehicle because yeah. that's what the Republicans see him as. It, it, Donald Trump could be a head of cauliflower. It, it's not, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't matter how poor Trump's character is, how much of yeah. a criminal he is, how much of a crook he is. It doesn't matter to them. They saw success and a successful vehicle that could help carry them to their Christo-fascist goals. Yeah. That's that's what they see in Donald Trump. They worship not the man himself, but the popularity and power they perceive he represents. It does feel like it's specific to Trump because we didn't see this in 2012 with Mitt Romney, when Mitt Romney lost that election. And we didn't see it in 2008 when John McCain lost his election with Sarah Palin, who was like the proto Donald Trump. Right. And so this is very specific to this guy. And I think it's mainly because they understand the kind of charisma he has and the people that he can uh, rally around right. him, the kind of fanboy worship that circulates Donald Trump. I guess maybe that's it. Maybe that's he's, the thing with them. 
he's a tool. He's their tool. <laughs> yeah. He's their tool to give them the power that they want and need to enact their Christo-fascist agenda. Well, I mean, they were willing to go so far, and this uh, goes back to the text messages here again, the Mark Meadows text messages. Mm. They were willing to go so far, and this is still an allegation. This hasn't been proved yet. But I think Mark Meadows was willing to destroy evidence in support of Donald Trump beyond yeah. just being part oh, yeah. of this seditious conspiracy to overthrow the 2020 election and stall Donald Trump illegally. He was also very likely deleting text messages. There's a text exchange in this tranche of texts that Talking Points Memo put out. This text exchange was Scott Perry. Congressman Scott Perry. Right, right. It is absolutely incomplete. There are absolutely Mark Meadows texts that were deleted from that thread. Otherwise, it was just a whole lot of Scott Perry talking to himself. It right. seems like a one-sided conversation. You read the text exchange, it seems like a one-sided conversation. And then plus, they were talking about moving the entire exchange, moving a lot of these conversations mm -hmm. over to an app called Signal which right. is an encrypted texting app that right. they could use so that they could have all of these conversations without any scrutiny whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But I can't even imagine. It's incomplete. Yeah, I mean, I, it's entirely I, possible that they did go over to Signal for some of this, and that could be the most incriminating shit. Well, even if it's incomplete, I still believe there's enough there. Uh, mm. There's enough evidence there, and especially yeah. against uh, Scott Perry, who, uh, w when uh, Talking Points Memo released this story yesterday, they released a second separate story just about the Scott Perry text. That mm -hmm. was a library of text in itself, as you've indicated. Yeah. Uh, and and believe me, uh, Mark Meadows is in plenty of trouble. I, I think, you know, I thought it was interesting, interesting developments, uh, things I've, I've caught this past week. The January 6th committee saying it's much further along in its investigation than is the Justice Department. Mm -hmm. That's really saying something because in the last 25 days, the Jack Smith has been the special counsel uh, overseeing these investigations. Uh, it, we, the Justice Department's interviewed at least a half dozen people who were or are still close to Donald Trump in the White House and now in some cases beyond. Yeah. Uh, they've been forced to testify under oath uh, for the Justice Department. And and that's that's they're not messing around when you get to that level of things. Uh, you're, you're talking to the cops at that point, basically. <laughs> this is, you're not talking to a televised uh, hearing of, of uh, members of Congress. You're talking to the cops, and uh, know that they already probably have the goods on you as they interview you. Uh, these folks are in a lot of trouble. This investigation is farther along than anybody knows. I I, I almost dread January to, uh, December 21st because it is on the 21st that the Jan 6 committee is expected to drop its report. And so you know what's going to happen is journalists who, who have no families and no one loves them uh, <laughs> will, will, will spend the holidays We'll spend the holidays poring over these uh, documents, uh, all the, the records of the Jan 6 committee, and they'll be releasing stories as they discover things in this material. And so uh, the, in the final days before Christmas, we're going to be bombarded with mm -hmm. all the crap they came up with. That puts it immediately in the hands of the Justice Department and Jack Smith, who's moved very rapidly in these past 25 days, not only with those uh, minimum half dozen uh, key interviews, but with obtaining a lot of documents 
documents and evidence, especially from Georgia's Raffsenberger. So now the Raffsenberger thing, the, the Georgia, you know, find me 11,000 votes, uh, that's no longer a local story, as it were, in, in wow. Georgia. Uh, this is now in plainly in Jack Smith's uh, eyesight. And I, 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 there's no way he can examine this material without not noticing the activities of this Congressman Norman, who called for martial misspelled law. Yeah. Uh, you know, he can't help but notice the, the text of Jim Jordan and others, uh, you know, Scott Perry. Uh, it would seem to me these guys are in trouble. And I think that's one of the reasons we're seeing and hearing some of the things from the Republicans that we are and some of the threats and, and you know, as they busily try to correct inflation. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, I think Preet Bharara tweeted recently that we will see indictments soon like within yeah, the, next month in the I next think month said, yeah yeah right. sometime mm-hmm. within a month plus we know that mark meadows is one of the suspects that will absolutely be subject of a criminal referral by the jan 6 committee so that's going to be one of the many things that we'll see probably drop sometime around the 21st as you were mentioning so right. uh that's all also on the plus side of things uh again I am in this position where I'm vacillating back and forth between trying to be patient with the process, mm-hmm. let due process move along. I we're, get it. we're not Germany. I know Germany arrested a whole bunch of people who tried to stage a coup, and they did I, it like the day after the thing happened. We have a different system here in the United yeah. States that requires a little bit more oomph as far as mm-hmm. uh, making sure all the ducks in are, are in a row before indictments are handed down. And bear in mind that arrests were made of the insurrectionists almost immediately. And we're talking about yes. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. Right. So that's been happening, too. Regardless, I think our patience in this is going to pay off because we're going to see results soon. And I'm feeling relatively confident about that. Probably more confident than I should be. (laughs) But I still do feel confident. No, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. I think it's rightly placed. Even this wait will seem like a long time. It's really not. Uh, you know, yeah, we. I guess we've had to wait too long. I agree, but there is a process. Uh, there have been obstacles, as you know, uh, Trump and and the Republicans among them, uh, putting up those the obstacles along the way that slow things down. Whether it's a a court case or something else, uh, most of the obstacles are out of the way now. Uh, especially with the special master business having ended, uh, Jack Smith is free to run amok at this point, <laughs> and uh, uh, he's already begun. I mean, he hit the ground running uh, over three weeks ago. And I, I think you'll see I think you'll see things accelerate even more now. Yes, absolutely. And let's hope. Uh, and of course, if indictments are handed down, they will be handed down two minutes after Kimberly and I finished doing the after party on Friday. That's exactly <laughs> so mark your calendars. It's probably going to be this coming up Friday. I'm just saying. That's the way things work. Yeah, uh, and, then, and then just days later, the Jan 6 committee report comes out. Yes, indeed. So looking forward to that. All right. Uh, let's see here. Lots more to come still on the show. We're going to talk about uh, Kirsten Cinema, how she just screwed over Ruben Gallego. Although I, I think there's still a very strong possibility that Kirsten Cinema does not get a second term no matter what she does. So we'll talk right. about that here still coming up. Plus, Elon Musk's fuckery or muskery uh, continues. <laughs> Plus uh, news about verified blue checks. Plus, uh, Allison Gill, Mueller, she wrote, wrote an uh, amazing thread about the Russia disinformation op targeting Rudy Giuliani 
And that's a, a thread I just want to go through by way of some more background, preparing all of us for the inevitable, inevitable hearings regarding Hunter Biden's laptop that may right. or may not exist and uh, all the rest of it. So we're getting prepped. We're getting prepped for the new year a little bit here. Plus uh, a bombshell bit of news from Fiona Hill about hmm. Donald Trump and prisoner exchanges with Russia. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more still to come here on our big Tuesday show, last Tuesday show of the year 2022. Right. How about that? Yeah. All right, so in the meantime, let's talk about the after party. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth Bob Seska Show podcast for the week. You probably don't see it. If you're just subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, you don't see the after party. This one is completely different from the usual free shows, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party podcast is lo loaded with all the politics you want, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the crap we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just 10 bucks per month. And bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support. So that's bobseskashow.com or you can just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com and it makes a great gift. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Wallace Shriver and the Shriver Sisters. This was a, a huge hit a couple of years ago during the during the uh, first year of the pandemic, and it and it kills me that we have to say first year of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah, link in the description to support Wallace and uh, this smash hit, Lonely Christmas. 
bobseska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Back to regular music after the uh, Christmas break. I find myself so infected with uh, some kind of sense of Christmas that uh, I'm humming Christmas songs even when I'm not (laughs) listening to Christmas songs. That's how bad it's gotten for me. I prepared our Christmas indie music playlist uh, over the weekend. And so, yeah, these songs have been playing on loop in my head for a couple of of days now. (laughs) It's not a bad thing. It's a nice distraction. Yeah, that's going to drop by the way, our indie music playlist for your holiday listening pleasure is going to drop on the 20th. Plus, we're going to have our big New Year's Eve show uh, and that oh, is yeah. gonna, that's going to land on the 27th. So, a couple of subsequent Tuesdays we've got brand new content for you, even though we're going to be on vacation, brand new shows plus Buzz's reading of The Night Before Christmas. I almost called it The Nightmare Before Christmas, which yeah, is, is I, something different. It, but yeah. It does roll off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. So uh, get ready for that. Even though we're going to be uh, away, we're going to still have lots of stuff for you. All right. Shows. We have shows. Yes, lots of uh, great music. So many wonderful tracks. In fact, some indie music tracks in the Christmas playlist that you may not have heard before. Uh, some f- debuts. We're going to throw in some debuts. So it's not just going to be our traditional favorites. It's going to be some uh, first-timers in the uh, mix on that. I think it's about an Excellent. hour and a half, two hours long. I mean, it's a good long uh, loop nice. of songs that you can you, listen to at your holiday parties while you're wrapping right. gifts, while you're out Perfect. driving around from store to store to store. <laughs> I don't I don't like the stores. Um, yeah, I know. But anyway, so something else I don't like is Kirsten Cinema. No, I think I can right say now. that. I don't think anyone likes Kirsten Cinema. Do you know anyone? Have you heard anyone buzz or go around saying, "Yeah, I, I, Kirsten Cinema"? She's, she's a real, oh, she's she's a real great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't hear that at all. Well, she announced this. We covered this a little bit on the after party, but it bears repeating mm-hmm. for our free show audience that she has uh, become an independent. She has left the Democratic Party. She will still caucus with the Democrats, which I guess is the most important thing in all of this. That Right. Much like Bernie Sanders and Angus King, she'll still be considered part of the Democratic caucus, which means that's 51 votes. It still means we have control over the committees. It still means subpoena power. still means being able to approve uh, judges and, most notably, if we lose a Supreme Court justice between now and 2024, mm-hmm. that Supreme Court justice will easily be replaced by the United States Senate. Oh, and are we going to continue to appoint judges? Uh, yeah. Biden's already done an amazing job of, of getting that done and uh, beginning to correct the imbalance caused by by Trump uh, mm-hmm. and, and, for that matter, other Republicans. Uh, we're, we're getting the judiciary cleaned up a little by little, uh, not always in time. I know that there's at least one Trump judge who... Uh, threatens uh, to eliminate as a possibility one of the most serious charges we could make against Trump. So wow. we'll be keeping an eye on her. Yep. Uh, but uh, and then not talking about Eileen Cannon in this case, who's now <laughs> completely irrelevant. Uh, I have an exclusive bit of audio here. I don't know if anyone's oh, heard really? this yet. Yeah, it's uh, hidden audio uh, mm-hmm. that was recorded inside Kirsten Cinema's office, where she's talking with her chief of staff about becoming an I independent. See. We'll just play a little bit of that here. Okay. But I don't need anybody. I'm. <laughs> I'm independent. See? Yeah, me too. I'm, (laughs) whatever you said, independent. Yeah. Just a couple of Christmas ornaments crashed, broke on the floor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and also, I just noticed as I was making that, that's obviously from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but as I was recording that clip, I noticed that if Hermes is independent and Mm -hmm. Rudolph is also independent, 
and they're right. independent together, that means they're not, neither of them are independent. So just well, say, yeah. Yeah, it's now the independent party. Yeah, well, that's true, which doesn't make any sense to me. If you're independent, that by definition is you're by yourself. You're not with someone else. If you're not, okay, I'm just, I'm reading yeah, into it no. a little too much, am I? I get you. No, no, I agree with you. Uh, it's, it's like jumbo shrimp. It's, it's uh, counterintuitive. It exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And, and it also shows that I need a vacation. Because I'm yes. so like, God damn we're focused you. on yeah. things like that. Yeah, I get it. Kimberly and I have this ongoing joke that every time I talk about something like that, I make a nitpick about a movie or a show that we're watching. <laughs> right. She goes, oh, Bob, you should write a salon article. I said, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to write a salon article about that. I'm writing a salon article about how Rudolph and Hermie don't know the fucking definition of the word independent. God damn it. I'm independent. No, you're not. You're with Rudolph. Okay, I'm getting a little too outraged. You're getting worked up. Don't do that before the holidays. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Kirsten Cinema is now an independent. And here's probably why. This is kind of the conventional wisdom at this point. She became independent because she knows she can't win a primary, a Democratic right. primary, against right. Ruben Gallego in 24. Right. And so this is her end around. This is her preemptive Joe Lieberman move. If you remember, Joe Lieberman lost his primary to someone else. And then in order to get back into office... He became an independent, right? I'm independent. He became an independent and ran mm -hmm. again and got reelected as an independent. Yeah, and, so, and I worry that could happen here. Yeah. Uh, because I, this position sentiment in my mind as a, as a moderate, uh, because she's going to be running, I presume, against some right-wing nut job and, and against Gallego, the, the Democrat. So, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think uh, a lot of people go, well, I'm independent too. I'm voting for this moderate, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I, I worry that that's one of her paths to victory. Yeah. Uh, or as you point out, she could very well lose, but in so doing, divide either the Republican or Democratic vote or both. That's right. So I think now Ruben Gallego and the Democratic Party is figuring out what the hell to do about this. And there's not a whole lot of options. I mean, one option is brought up by Evan Falchuk on Twitter the other day. He said, Arizona should enact ranked choice voting. So cynical ploys like cinemas can't work. There's too much mm -hmm. gamesmanship in politics, which has nothing to do with the best interests of voters, just the best interests of elected officials. It can be fixed. Once again, the only problem with ranked choice voting is it's very, very complicated. <laughs> Ranked right. choice voting, not an easy thing to describe. In fact, I have a tutorial. If you're wondering what ranked choice voting <laughs> does, is all about. Yeah, how does that work, Bob? Here, here's how it works, Buzz. Let me walk you through our Donnelly <laughs> nut spacing and crack system rim riding grip configuration. Exactly. Using a field of half C sprats and brass fitted nickel slits, <laughs> our bracketed caps and splay flexed brace columns. That's right. Vent dampers to dampening hatch steps of one half meter. From the damper crowns to the spur of plinth. How? Well, we bolster 12 husk nuts to each girdle jerry. 12 <laughs> flex tandems press a task apparatus of 10 vertically composited patch amplers. Then pin flam fastened pan traps at both maiden apexes of the gym joints. Of the gym joints, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. That well, that clears it, it up. Yeah, that yeah. clears it up. That's your rank choice voting. You're Works welcome. a lot like Mastodon. Yeah. <laughs> um, meantime, as we all know, I mean, this is why she's doing it. She's completely underwater in every demographic. No one likes Kirsten Sinema. Well, you know what? Actually, some people do. 
but it's a very minimum number of people. It's like the same number of people who think angels are real, for example. They have to be. They have to be uninformed. And you know, people talk about uh, some progressives get the criticism right, and some say it's because she's really a Republican at heart and has been all along. No, uh, I think other progressives have it right when they say. Uh, she she runs with the money party. She's she's the mm-hmm. lobby party. Yeah, she, that's that's her party. She cares about where the cash is for Kirsten Cinema, and uh, that's going to be her approach. That's how she'll raise money for her next campaign. Exactly right. So here it is. Uh, let's see. Among all likely voters, only thirty seven percent favorable. Voters eighteen to forty nine, only thirty six percent favorable. Voters okay. fifty plus thirty eight. Democrats thirty seven. Who are the thirty seven percent of Democrats? Who have a favorable view of Kirsten Cinema? Well, they're Democrats. Who are these people? Yeah, they're Democrats who think the Democratic Party has gotten too liberal, and they they also don't want to vote for the Republican nut job. So yeah. uh, again, these are the people, and and uh, what I see here is a third of the people like Kirsten Cinema. If a third of the people like the Democrat and a third of, of the people like the Republican, then you know it should be interesting, right? Yeah, you know, here's an interesting thing about these statistics. She's more underwater with Democrats than she is with Republicans. She's 20 points underwater with Democrats, 18 points underwater with Republicans. Right. That says everything you need to know about Kirsten Sinema. And the list goes on and on. I think her favorable across the board is maybe peaks at about 41% among independents, which makes sense because... I'm independent. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, that's pretty much on par. Uh, How could anyone possibly look at Kirsten Sinema and go, yeah, she's doing okay. She's fine. I guess it's because she votes a lot of times with Joe Biden, and it's mm-hmm. the really asshole moves, the dick moves that she pulls. Those are the ones yeah. that we hear about either, the most. E- either motivated by lobbyist money or uh, just by the need for attention, as some people have pointed out. But yeah. mostly it's the money. Follow the money there. Exactly. Oh, by the way, I mentioned Joe Lieberman earlier. Yes. Cinema is on record, on video, in fact. Yes, I saw that. Blasting Joe Lieberman for doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And she's doing it preemptively. She's doing it two years in advance. In fact, right. I'd be interested to see what her reasoning was, her planned reasoning, uh-huh. if the Democrats had not fared as well as they did in the midterms. Just right. as a curiosity, I'd like to see how she framed this move under the assumption that the Democrats crashed and burned in the midterms, as history usually dictates. Because I'm sure this decision was made prior to uh, the, the election. And so I, I wonder what her justification, oh, the Democrats are a bunch of losers, and I don't want to be part of this loser party anymore. Obviously, the move is to be independent now, because so now... I'm independent. I have no idea. I have no idea what it would have been. But it would have been interesting to see those remarks. It's sort of like, you know, before the Cuban Missile, or during the Cuban Missile Crisis, they wrote two different versions of Kennedy's speech, one with airstrikes right. and one without airstrikes. Sure. You I'd like to see... for eventualities. It very yeah. likely could have happened in Kirsten Sinema's case, yes. And her interview with Jake Tapper was so ridiculous and so generic. That's what drives me nuts is when That's politicians... That's yeah, does, yeah. They get super, super focus grouped and generic. I mean, mm-hmm. she she said every generic politician thing in the course right. of this interview, except mentioning fat cats. Usually that's one. All those fat cats in Washington, I'm not one of them fat cats. Right. That's about as generic as you get. So she came up right up to the... <laughs> 
right up to the fat cat's line. She's so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And because she's a fat cat. All right. So Elon Musk's fuckery continues on and on and on. The biggest news, I think, since the takeover itself, mm-hmm. the biggest news to land about Twitter, and this is more about Elon Musk because Elon Musk is Twitter. Oh yeah. That's one of the ways he's fucked this up. He's made himself synonymous with Twitter. As I've been yes. saying, prior to this buzz, Twitter was considered to be this entity that mm-hmm. there were lots of people behind the scenes and they were lots all making collective decisions, but it wasn't any one person. I mean, you say, well, Jack Dorsey, but not really because we had a sense that it was a collective. Now with mm-hmm. Elon Musk, this is Elon Musk's personal homepage now. Right. He paid $44 billion to become the world's most ridiculous discussion forum admin. I mean, that's basically what he is now. As a result, he's no longer the richest man in the world. He's reviled most yeah. everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, how's that working out for you, Eli? Yeah. Well, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest news to come out of this is the dissolution of the Trust and Safety Council, which I'm sure is going to go over yeah. extraordinarily well with advertisers. So here was the announcement. This came down yesterday, uh, and it said, Dear Trust and Safety Council members, as Twitter moves into a new phase, we're reevaluating how best to bring external insights into our product and policy development work. As part of this process, we have decided that this Trust and Safety Council is not the best structure to do this. Well, it's funny. It was fine before. And you know what? It wasn't as robust as it should have been before. Right. Now imagine no Trust and Safety Council at all. This seems like a good moment to explain that the people he's firing here uh, don't work there. They're volunteers, and uh, there are hundreds of them representing various organizations. Uh, Together, they make a committee that made recommendations to Twitter. Uh, They have volunteered their time and their thought and their energy and their effort for years to develop Twitter's policy, and Elon Musk just showed them the door. Volunteers he's kicked out now, not just firing paid employees, but the volunteers who were there for trust and safety, they're gone. And, and not only this, this opens the door to even more right-wing and racist and Nazi propaganda uh, and, and uh, opens up security risks for those of us who use Twitter. Uh, this is a very dangerous turning point. This is one of the scariest turning points, I think, in the Twitter transition so far. Yeah, and you can imagine that after this happened, which was yesterday... Every single eye of Sauron in St. Petersburg, Russia, all turned their gaze immediately over to Twitter. Oh, look at this. We can now invade this website again, just like we did in 2016. Remember how well that worked out? Right. Open season. Open season. Exactly fucking right. This is going to be 2016 times 11 billion is what it's going to be. Yeah. So just in time for the 2024 presidential election. Imagine what Twitter is going to look like. In two years, <laughs> if it still exists. I mean, I've been reading some analysis that says that we're just watching Elon Musk and Twitter just slowly disintegrate. That this yeah, is leading st- yeah, to the end. We're, we're standing at we're standing in the doorway of a hellscape. I mean, yeah, we're not yeah. we're not outside it anymore. We're where the door jam surrounds us. We are in the doorway <laughs> right. of the hellscape. And I going forward. 
uh, with the disbanding of the health, uh, the truth. I'm sorry, the uh, trust and safety council. Uh, with the disbanding of that, uh, uh, you know, it's it's hellscape all the way from this day forward. I believe. Yeah, and we also learned yesterday that verified blue checks like me uh, are going to lose our badges. Quote in a few months. Elon Musk announced this yesterday, which is kind of what we were assuming. That they were going to give the Twitter blue thing a couple of months to build up enough uh, of a user base to get enough revenue for Elon Musk with $8 a pop, I guess it is, per month. Until, you know, a certain point of time when he strips everyone else, all the legacy verified accounts, strips those people of their blue checks, which will then open up all of these organizations and people to imposters. I mean, it's just like... None of this makes any sense anymore. I mean, didn't you realize what happens to identity when you remove that verification badge? He saw it himself. He, how many Elon Musk uh, parody mm-hmm. accounts did he delete? Right. Uh, what was it, two weeks ago, something like that? Three weeks ago? It all blurs together. Yeah. But, but that was a direct consequence strange. of monkeying around with verified blue checks. And here he goes again. This is disruption for the sake of disruption. This is chaos. And yeah. it's chaos in an already destabilized world, which is extraordinarily frightening uh, as a prospect. So, uh, I mean, it could be that some of those uh, observers are correct, that this is Elon Musk just disintegrating in real time, that we're just watching a guy have a complete nervous breakdown in real time, tweet by tweet, decision by decision. I mean, it's possible. I think my Christmas wish for Twitter is that uh, the process of seeing Elon Musk removed from there, uh, you know, comes to pass. I, I he needs to be gone, and and yeah. twi- Twitter needs to fall into the hands of the users mm-hmm. uh, it, because we are Twitter, not he. Uh, hmm. He needs to be eliminated, and and as a C, as as a CEO, I mean, and and the Tesla stock, meanwhile, has dropped like seven percent because yeah. of his shenanigans on Twitter. Uh, somebody needs to start firing this CEO named Elon Musk. Yeah, and I don't know how that happens, other than uh, the rest of us doing what we can to make his process of attaining some sort right. of profitability, making that almost impossible, if not absolutely impossible. There's, a, there's an ad I kept seeing on Twitter, uh, and, and I reached a point where I immediately muted and blocked it, but it's an ad for, a, I guess, a, a cigarette lighter or you know, some kind of a lighter for cigars or building or campfires or whatever. It's like a survival lighter, and it's shaped like a little nuclear bomb. You know? Oh, Jesus. Uh, and, and it's from Tesla. <laughs> it's it's the brand name is Tesla and I thought well you know uh, mutant block anything to hurt yeah. Elon Musk's business mm-hmm. enough that the businesses will shed him and then maybe Twitter can be restored and as it falls back into the hands of the users we're, who, who should be running it anyway. Well, it's possible that Russia put him up to this. I mean, there was a yes, obviously yes. a phone meeting that he had with Vladimir Putin, God. after which he started to praise Putin on Twitter. Mm. Uh, it could be that. It could be, uh, you know, dark money groups, conserv- I should underscore conservative dark money groups, pro-Trump. Right dark money groups, helping him along these lines, getting him to do this. Maybe he's some form of patsy. Maybe they've set him up to do all of this. Who knows? But and we'll, I'm sure, find out more and more as time goes on. Meantime, he was talking about limiting the, uh, changing the character limit 
from 280 mm-hmm. characters to 4,000 characters. Right. Four th- have you seen a block of 4,000 characters before? <laughs> yeah, I used to, used to write them, yes. Yeah, the great irony in all of this is that he'll be able to serve up fewer ads in the newsfeed. As you mm-hmm. scroll through, because of the length now of individual right. tweets... He'll only be able to serve up a certain number of ads before someone gets bored and moves on to some other website. I mean, there's a limited amount of time that people spend scrolling through Twitter. And the longer the tweets are, the fewer actually get seen. So what is that? It fits perfectly with all the other ridiculous decisions he made, which is basically shooting himself in the foot. He wants to be able to rant longer at a time on his new personal website. That's right. Meantime. In the world of the Twitter files and the reporting on all of this nonsense, which I guess we're now up to Twitter files part five or something like that. I lost track after Twitter files part two Mm -hmm. because it's like 2013 and the Snowden files all over again, but a hell of a lot worse, a hell of a lot more specious and ridiculous than the Snowden files. And that's saying a lot coming from me. This is cherry-picked information to suit an agenda. That's all this is. So in that context, we rewind to the 22nd of October, 2021. And this story from The Guardian. Twitter admits bias in algorithm for right-wing politicians and news outlets. Twitter has admitted it amplifies more tweets from right-wing politicians and news outlets than content from left-wing sources. The social media platform examined... This is internal information from Twitter. The social media platform examined tweets from elected officials in seven countries. The UK, the United States, of course, Canada, France, Germany, Spain, and Japan. It also studied whether political content from news organizations was amplified on Twitter, focusing primarily on U.S. news sources such as Fox News, The New York Times, and BuzzFeed. The study compared Twitter's home timeline, the default way its 200 million users are served tweets. I was just talking about this. Uh, The research found that in six out of seven countries, apart from Germany, Tweets from right-wing politicians received more amplification from the algorithm than those from the left. And this, by the way, was followed by Republican politicians screaming that they were being censored on Twitter. Exactly right. Yeah, that's the context in all of this. Mm -hmm. So this leads me to believe that this entire jihad against pre-Elon Twitter, Senator circulating around the Twitter files, is just a rehashing, a recycling of the liberal media bias attack. Right. This is, oh, the, oh my God, a liberal media bias. There was a whole discussion about this over the weekend. I think Joe Walsh was tweeting about about the so-called liberal media bias, and I had to set him straight. <laughs> now right. I'm like, no, hang on a second there. What are we talking about? The liberal media. The most popular right. cable news network is Fox News. Right. All of the AM radio dial is conservative? Are you fucking liberal media? Are you kidding me? And then there are numerous studies that have been done over the years in which they determine that even though some journalists identify personally as Democrats, that affiliation is not reflected in their reporting. Study after study that examines thousands and thousands of news articles and TV stories. And so there is no liberal media bias. This has been a a point of conversation, a point of debunking 
for well, decades, and they Joe still used play to that. Be a, yeah. Joe used to be a Republican, and that's uh, you know he was that's how he was raised. He was raised to believe yeah. that the media is liberal, and uh, you made him rethink that. So yeah, I hope so. You know, hopefully, he has a broader <laughs> view now. Yeah. Well, now they're just trying it again, but with social media. Right. And and it's just as much of a lie. It's just mm-hmm. as much of that's a lie true. about social media for sure. Meantime, uh, as you all saw, Elon Musk was booed at that Dave Chappelle show. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that he was introduced as the world's richest man, and then the next day, he wasn't the world's richest man anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, not, the not, two things aren't related, but I thought that the setup was funny given the punchline of the next day, right? Right. So and there I, it is. Know, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think the association of those two is worth noting. Yes, it is. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about disruption. I think there's this thing where... Oh, you mean chaos is a great marketing tool. I get it. I mean, here's a great example. Go to YouTube and scroll through all of the suggested videos on your YouTube main page. Most of those videos will have thumbnails that conveys some form of conflict. Every single, it doesn't matter what it's about. Uh-huh. Up, up until up until recently, I think Ch- uh, Chappelle was uh, acknowledged as a brilliant comedian. But uh, when you when you and uh, you know, I think the same thing happened to Ricky Gervais to an extent. Yeah. Uh, you get you get so big, and then you find yourself punching down, mm-hmm. beating up on on people less uh, lucky than you. Yeah. And and uh, you know that's that's no fun anymore. It's he's being he's being a shock jock when being a shock jock is, in my opinion, passe. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's just trying to tweak people. And right. in that sense, he's using trans people, for example, right. as a punching bag mm-hmm. with punching which down. he, yeah, which he can use as, well, see how rebellious I'm being. See how off the beaten path. Right. See, I'm, yeah. I'm challenging my audience. Don't you get it? But you're using, you're exploiting an already bullied to death demographic in this country right, right, right. in order to make your stupid point. You know what? You, and, can, and, you can make the same goddamn point punching up at people like right, Donald Trump right, and right, Elon yes. Musk instead of welcoming them on stage with you. It can be every, that's the real funny. I, I mean, the, the fact, Buzz, that a stand-up comic was yeah. genuflecting before the world's richest man right. and at the same time telling a joke that takes advantage of bullies uh, trans people. That's all you need to know. And it's not just Dave Chappelle. I mean, we're singling out Dave Chappelle. It's a right. lot of different, a lot of white male comics, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kimberly, and I don't want to get off too much on a rant here, but Kimberly and I watched uh, the latest Sebastian Maniscalco stand-up special on Netflix okay. until we stopped. Yeah. <laughs> because he was pulling the same shit, the punching right. down shit, doing a whole like bit about how his kid goes to a school I don't know, it's kindergarten, first grade, something like that, where there's a little boy who identifies as a lion and how absurd that is that the boy identifies. And and it's bullshit. It's made up, but it's all part of this this drive toward building a reputation, building engagement, building reach online based on punching down. And it's bad and it's wrong. And and outraging people, you you see the twinkle in the comedian's eye when they know they've struck that raw nerve. Exactly, exactly. 
And I'm sure Kimberly and I are going to talk about that a little bit more on the Friday after party coming up, too. Right. So Very lots good. lots more observations along those lines. Okay. Going to take one more break here. We got this great thread. Uh, speaking of disinformation, we're going to talk about uh, what Allison Gill had to say about this Russian disinformation op targeting Rudy Giuliani. That's uh, coming up here in just a second. Back with more show right after these words. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Michael McDermott, this is uh, his cover of Little Drummer Boy, duh. Link in the description to support Michael McDermott to grab this song and also uh, Wallace's Lonely Christmas. BobSeska.com. Just hunt down this episode dated 12-13-22. And there it is. Voila. And, of course, both of those songs will appear on the big uh, indie Christmas music playlist coming up next week. All right. Oh, by the way, I, yeah. if I may, how about that Trump campaign, huh? It's been uh, it's been over a month. <laughs> I know since he announced he's running for president, and it's just been rally after rally, news conference. Oh no, wait, we haven't seen him in a month. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Interesting, interesting game. So, is he really running, or did he just say he was? I think he just said he was. <laughs> there I, you go. And the latest polls are showing him. And I know polls take yeah. it with a gigantic grain of salt, yeah, the size of your head. Yeah, we uh, doubted him before. Yeah. Polls are showing that he's way behind Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Uh, and the same polls are also showing that Ron DeSantis beats Joe Biden. But you know what? Fuck the polls. We have no right. idea what the <laughs> We'll believe what the, the ones we like. Is. Yeah, yeah no, that's right. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, one of the things we have to look forward to in 2023 will be endless hearings by the Republican House of Representatives. God. Um, I do not need to see Jim Jordan on my TV. Exactly. Well, you know, there is a teeny tiny chance that we won't. Yeah, there is. And, I get it. And that teeny tiny chance is the mayhem that's happening around the speaker election. There is a, uh, you know, I think a possibility that the Democrats end up cutting a deal where we end up with a moderate speaker of the House. And power sharing, yeah. Yeah, who who knows? I Especially I, especially yeah. if some of these Republican lawmakers get carted off to prison, you know? <laughs> exactly. Seriously, they, 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 I think, stand to lose their majority yep. uh, if uh, the Justice Department and Jack Smith proceed as they are. Well, one of the areas that they're going to be digging into, obviously, and we've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks, is the Hunter Biden situation. There will be mm-hmm. endless hearings. And this all has, this is all politics. This has nothing to do with any sort of reality, any sort of actual scandal. This is just about... Right. Kevin McCarthy using the power of hearings and committees 
to attack the family member of the president uh, because it generates donations, it generates anger and rage among the Red Hat base. So that's they'll just keep doing this. They'll keep flogging. That was what Benghazi was all about. That's what Hillary's emails were all about. This is red meat. That's all it is. I will be eager to see how the public takes to this or doesn't. Uh, yeah. A lot of the noise Republicans made in this campaign was ignored by voters. And <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why uh, Democrats had the sort of historic non-defeat uh, that, that they just had in, in these midterms, mm-hmm. where we kept the Senate and damn near kept the House. Their uh, uh, Republican majority is very slim there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so the public generally didn't buy it. And it'll be interesting to see as the Democrats in the Senate uh, work to address things like inflation and uh, health care and other issues. Uh, and, and we see over in the House, they're, they're, oh, it's Hunter Biden's laptop again. Let's see how the public receives that crap this time. Yeah. I, will there be the level of outrage that they got from Benghazi? Uh, yeah, there are Trump supporters out there who are outraged about Hunter Biden and his alleged laptop, but I think they are few and fewer every mm-hmm. day. Exactly, and I think the process of having all of these... Uh, hearings that <laughs> quite honestly are witch hunts. I know Donald right. Trump has yeah, kind of are. turned that word into a punchline. It's just, it's just a show for the base. Yeah, exactly right. What we need to bear in mind that even though they are stupid political stunts, that uh, there is some, some counterpunching that needs to happen. And I think yeah. we're if we're all equipped with the actual facts surrounding, say, for example, the Hunter Biden situation, I think we'll be better off as far as pushing back on social media, even and, over, you know, holiday uh, meals and, at, at Christmas time and so on. And, and we will not be alone. The White House has prepared or is still in the course of preparing its own responses to yeah. the onslaught that it's expecting. Uh, other groups supportive of Joe Biden are doing their own. Uh, many of these efforts are, are not coordinated. Mm-hmm. There is, I understand, even a well-funded Democratic effort to discredit the Hunter Biden laptop investigation uh, and, and those involved in it uh, to uh, essentially attack Hunter's attackers. Yes. Uh, so I, I think, I, you know, and, and certainly, as you've indicated, we can join in on that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's comforting to me to know that that will be a multi-front sort of assault. Yes, indeed. And here's something that we need to bear in mind. Uh, Allison Gill, Muller, she wrote, put together this thread regarding Rudy Giuliani. And... <laughs> Rudy is at the center of this whole laptop business. And so right. and yes. guess guess what? So is Russia. Yep. Yeah, you know what? This music also works for Russia too. They love the vodka. Remember Rudy's yeah. phone call, I think it was to Trump. Hey, boss, I'm bringing back some, uh, this is the definitive stuff. I've yeah. got the, and then we never heard anything more about it. And mm-hmm. then, and, and now we're starting to hear about Hunter Biden's laptop again. Well, this is what Rudy brought back from the Russians he met with in Ukraine yeah. that he was so excited about. This is the stuff that has been planted in uh, uh, what may or may not be a copy of Hunter Biden's laptop. So Allison wrote, this is simple. We had intercepted uh-huh. communications showing Rudy was 
was the target of Russian disinformation about Hunter Biden's laptop. That's sure, he's a dope. Yeah, that's why private social media companies chose not to spread it. The warnings were based on multiple sources, including intercepted communications of Giuliani interacting with Russian intelligence in a December 2019 trip to Ukraine, where he was gathering info he thought would expose Joe and Hunter Biden. Donald, Donald Trump's own NSA warned him in a private conversation that the information Rudy brought back was contaminated by Russian disinformation. Mm-hmm. Quoting the Washington Post, the info that Giuliani sought in Ukraine is similar to what is contained in emails and other correspondence published this week by the New York Post. Okay, so this uh-huh. is going back to October right. 2020. And this is why we didn't hear any more about it when it yeah. got back. Which they said came from the laptop of Hunter Biden and were provided by Giuliani and Stephen K. Bannon. Mm-hmm. That's, re- that's a reliable source. Several Trump administration officials knew Rudy's BS was Russian disinformation, including but not limited to Robert O'Brien, Bill Barr, and Pat Cipollone. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Trump administration sanctioned Rudy's source for running an influence campaign against the Bidens. Wow, look at them. Yeah. The Trump administration's DNI, Director of National Intelligence, described Rudy's source as part of a Russian effort to interfere in the 2020 election by smearing the Bidens. All that, and people are still listening to boneheads with no proof who are paid for by the Saudis and the PRC. This is uh, directly from Politico. She's got all the receipts listed here. Hunter Biden's laptop is a Russian disinformation op fabricated by Rudy and his Russian pals. There are authentic emails on it, but there are fabricated emails on it, too. Right, right. And no one can confirm the authenticity of the ones the right wing is using as quote-unquote proof. In fact, the metadata on some of the documents shows they were created in Eastern Europe during the dates Rudy was there meeting with (laughs) Russian spies. I'm not making that up. It's all true. Yeah. Rudy actually broadcast those meetings, and this is uh, verified by ABC News. She's got the link right here. They're recordings. I've been reporting on this story for years and have yet to see a shred of proof from the right to back up their claims that emails fabricated by Rudy in Europe and uploaded to a laptop he left with a pal in Delaware are authentic. No news outlet has been able to either, and thank you, Allison Gill. Right. True. Enormous. And these are things we, we knew all along, and this is a Russian disinformation technique they have used before. Yeah. There's nothing new about this. They, they Russia, this, is, this is a Russian MO. This is how they right. roll. Right. Uh, by mixing uh, crap in with truth and then releasing that and uh, pointing to the crap uh, as, as truth. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a, a longstanding Russian propaganda technique, and uh, Rudy, being the rube that he is, fell for it. It's kind of like my... Money laundering is what it, it is. is. Information it's, laundering. It's information yes. laundering. Exactly right. right. All right. Uh, as we wrap up here, one last thing. Fiona Hill has confirmed that Russia asked the Trump administration to swap Victor Boot and other uh, and another Russian for Paul Whelan following the 2018 arrest of the U.S. Marine veteran. She says the pre- she says that President Trump was quote not particularly interested in right. Paul Whelan. Right. So all of the Republicans rending their garments right now about the Brittany yeah. Griner uh, prisoner swap. Saying this wouldn't happen on Trump's watch. Well, yeah. it did. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. 
And this is uh, quoted directly from Face the Nation. <laughs> you know, the libtards at Face the Nation. And and have you heard Fiona Hill's latest album? It's just lovely. It's got some Christmas songs on I, it. I think you're thinking of Fiona Apple. Is that? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I know, it's so I, easy. I get those two confused. You know, every time I see Fiona Hill, uh-huh. holy shit, Kimberly's mom could play Fiona Hill in the wow. movie. Kimberly's well, mom, a little bit older than Fiona Hill, but they look so similar. It's wow. kind of creepy. Like, oh, look, there's Kimberly's mom. Uh, wait, no, that's Fiona Hill. All right. Okay, the uh, Shadow Docket's coming up next. Lots more to talk about. We've got Buzz's really embarrassing Santa story. And this is my last chance to tell you and the listeners Merry Christmas. We'll see you in the new year. Yes, indeed. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, thank you for all of your support this year. Wait, a, I've got a couple more shows. I'm not done yet. What am I talking well, about? You oh. have more shows. I don't. Yeah, this Except is your for the New Year's show. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So uh, I'm also going to tell the story about how I participated in one of those in one of those radio shows where Santa Claus comes in <laughs> oh, and, good. and takes phone calls from children. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. And I played the part of an elf because of I do. I, did. I, yeah, I, I look very elf-like, don't I? You're di- diminutive in that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, pointy ears, all the rest of it. My, uh, I wear the shoes that curl up on the toes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all coming up on <laughs> on the shadow docket on our Patreon the green page. tights. Yeah, exactly. I'm wearing green tights right now. Mm-hmm. I like them. Does, does my know. ass look fat in these green tights? <laughs> I don't know. $5 a month for the Shadow Dog at bobseskashow.com. Sign up right now if you can. And also makes a great gift. Fits right in a stocking. You know why? You know how it fits in a stocking? Because wow. it's invisible. Because it's something ah. you get on the internet. And anyway. Like Christmas magic. All right. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. I'm independent. It's a festival of Christmas. Oh, this lonely, lonely Christmas. I can't help but feel that this must be goodbye to dreams of mine. A very plan that I made back in January. I stare at my phone alone at night. Am I doing this right? I feel like... A reindeer in the headlights Oh, this lonely, lonely Christmas I know you know it's true I think about the cozy Christmases When I was with you Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> lonely, lonely, lonely Christmas. I only wish you knew. I dream about the cozy Christmases when I will be with you. Oh, this lonely, lonely Christmas. I only wish you knew. I dream about the cozy Christmases when I will be. Sweet. 